It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and it's wonderful for me when I have a chance to bring a company in, a local company that is doing what is great for the community, helping the community address needs while running a business at the same time. So I'm delighted to introduce to you our Vice President of Marketing from Best Vinyl, Mitch Labram. Mitch, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having us. And also joining us is Cameron Larson, and you're over sales for Best Vinyl, correct? That's correct. Okay. Okay, and today we'll talk about homeowner fencing 101. And we're going to answer a lot of questions about what we need to know when we're making the choice to fence or not to fence. But before we do, we've been hearing over the years the impact of paying it forward or sharing the good. And I just want to thank you specifically for your Share the Good program. If you go to the Best Vinyl webpage, you can find videos of people you've helped all over the Wasatch Front. They're beautiful stories. And you can actually get a better up-close picture of the good that you guys are doing in the community. So I wanted to first say thank you, well, thank you. for doing that. Now let's talk fencing. When should homeowners get a fence? And what benefits are there for us as homeowners? Yeah, so the number one reason for fencing is safety. Um, most people will buy a fence to keep their kids safe in their backyard, to keep people out of the yards, um, and also to establish boundaries for neighbors and things like that. And you find particularly different areas of the Wasatch Front, not only is safety a bigger issue, right? I mean, some of us live right next to a busy road or a big busy highway, and toddlers are famous for the quick dash and run. Correct. Yeah, with the building and all the developments coming in and the growth that Utah's been having, it's more essential now than ever to have a fence to keep your kids safe and have a good area that they can go outside and enjoy the beautiful weather, but be in a safe, controlled environment where you're not worried about your kids getting hit by a car or something happening to them. While we're talking about safety, um, I I had this question in mind before I put in my fence, um, and that was how high, how tall should it be, really? To provide safety for my kids and my dog and to protect my personal property. Yeah, so most fences are six foot tall. That's kind of the legal limit in a residential area for most communities would be your six foot tall. Okay. Tall enough that the kids can't climb over, the dogs aren't going to be able to jump over, but not so obstructive that it's in your face. Mm -hmm. I've got a 90 pound golden doodle and he gives it a go and he still hasn't been able to leap over that (laughs) six foot. It seems to me when I go back in time, my childhood, fences were made out of either wood or chain link. So talk to me a bit about that change and and why vinyl is a, a beneficial product for homeowners to consider. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So wood and chain link was kind of old technology. That's just the material that we had as we've developed new products. Vinyl is really the way to go. The biggest reason why people go to vinyl is the fact that it's maintenance-free. As we've gotten busier in the world, our kids are playing more sports and we're off doing other activities. The last thing people want to do is be home staining a wood fence or maintaining it. So with vinyl being 100% maintenance-free, you do not have to paint it, stain it. If your kids go out there and 
uh, draw on it with a magic marker. You can actually clean it off. If it gets tagged by someone, it can, it's able to be cleaned as well. And so the maintenance part is where vinyl really comes in, and that's why people love it so much. I think about that, especially when I go out in my back deck and I'm staining that redwood deck every year or every other year that it's something that I don't have to do for my fence. I wanted to follow up too, Mitch, um, when we talk about safety in children. Um, people have questions about um, the toxicity of vinyl fencing. Is is it safe to have in in our backyards? Yeah, definitely. And that that was one thing that you just mentioned, the deck. A lot of people think of us as just a fence company, but yeah. we also do decks as well. And so you can do the vinyl decking that's maintenance-free as well. And it's uh, we get it from our wholesalers that have toxic-free, and there's nothing to be worried about. Which is a comfort, right? Because people do have questions about that. When you say um, you can use the best, and this is with Best Vinyl, by the way, you can use your products to build decks. Uh, How long would those decks last? So they are a lifetime deck. So they have products out there that are lifetime guaranteed products. So this will be the last deck or last fence you'll ever have to build. And they back them up with warranties as well. That's one thing that's very unique with Best Vinyl is we have a lifetime warranty on our materials and also a lot of our labors that we do as well. So that that way our customers can feel confident and comfortable with buying this, that this is this investment that they're putting into their property. This will be the last time I have to do it. And I have a company behind me that if something does go wrong, that they're going to stand behind it. And, and we um, have always heard that kind of uh, quote, good fences make good neighbors. Absolutely. And I'm not going to identify my neighbors in my, uh, in my neighborhood, but I will say property boundaries can be quite sensitive. How do we know if it's time for us to put a fence in? How do we know where to put that fence and, and how to make sure that we're not you know, encroaching on someone else's property? Yeah, absolutely. So when a home is built, usually a surveyor will come out and actually mark property pins. And those pins are put into the ground with a piece of rebar with a property pin mark. But always it's good to have those checked before you put in a fence. You can have a surveyor come out and do a property location where they double check those pins before best final, the crews would come out and actually install those fences. Is there a recommended distance from that? The You know, if we draw or uh, hang a line between one pin and the end of our property, another pin, is there a recommended distance to put that fence as compared to the boundary line? Yeah, so you can go right on the boundary line. So we run a string line right from pin to pin. And then if you're just paying for the fence completely by yourself and your neighbor's not sharing with you, we would keep that fence right on that edge of that boundary line. If the neighbors are sharing costs, a lot of times we'll split that boundary line and put half the fence on yours and half the fence on theirs. Great. I appreciate that. For those who just joined us, we have Cameron Larson and Mitch Labrum with Best Vinyl um, bringing in, asking some of those basic questions of when you should buy a fence, why vinyl might be a beneficial uh, product for you. And in terms, we kind of skid right by about the idea of not having to paint, but once that vinyl fence is up, no more Tom Sawyer images of somebody with a paintbrush, right? Correct. Yep. No more maintenance, no more painting. Just going to enjoy it. I love that. Let's uh, just change for a bit to the program I introduced at the at the beginning, and it's called Share the Good. Mitch, can you talk to us about the beginnings of the Share the Good program? Sure. That'd be great. Um, so I've actually lived in the same neighborhood as the founder of Best Final and some of the other people in the executive team, and I've seen a lot of good things that they've done behind the scenes for people, um, but there was never anything kind of put in place um, formally for the employees to participate in or to know about or for the community kind of participate in. So we wanted to, instead of putting more money into other marketing expenses on the on billboards or Yelp page or things like that, we wanted to take some of that money and put it towards people that didn't have as much funds or 
uh, availability to build fences that are in need or decks that have other reasons um, be able to take take care of their yard if they have a kid with autism that they need to keep in their yard with a fence or a child that maybe um, have dwarfism and need to have smaller steps that's something that we've done as well but it was just a chance for us to put money instead of into just the traditional advertising ways and be able to incorporate the rest of the company and create a good employee experience so that we can share that with our customers as well. I mentioned on your website that there are, if if you go to Share the Good, you have a chance to dip in and see multiple videos of families' lives who were beneficial. So how did they these families reach you? How how were you aware of the needs of these families, whether they needed a fence or a ramp or or whatever you provided for them? Um They've come through different various ways. We have an actual form on our website. If you go to Share the Good, you can submit an entry there with suggestions and the reasons why, and then we can kind of look at that nomination and determine if they're a good fit or whatnot. But we've had other um, people be nominated through employees or people that are aware of our program just throughout the community. Um, one of them that I think of in particular last year when we started out, the King family, I think was uh, neighbors with Cameron. And he knew them. In, and in the Linden area. Correct. Okay. Correct. And we ended up going there. And that was just a great way to kick off the season for all of our all of our whole, whole team, sales team, office, staff, um, everybody with the installers get together and kind of unite on that project and kick off the season in a great way for them and, and help them. I'm glad you brought that up as um, how the employees benefit as well. Because, you know, we're all involved in corporate work, right? Things that we need to do, products and services. And when you can stop down and see a greater good for the work you're doing, it really drives that sense of purpose and passion. Cameron, can you tell us a little bit of the backstory of the King family since they were close to you in your, yeah, in your neighborhood? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so the King family, they're such a neat family. Um, they were nominated to us. And I went over and met... Um, the, uh, Jody King is her name. I went and met Jody, and Jody uh, showed me around her yard and some of the needs that were needed. Um, her husband uh, got cancer, went to the doctors, lose a lot of weight, and he was told that he'd have about six weeks to live. And so they were preparing themselves to, you know, have him pass on. And he decided that he wanted to see his kids grow up, and so he was going to fight the good fight. And I believe he survived for about seven years fighting cancer um, before he passed away. And then after he passed away, just things in the house because of medical bills and different reasons, the fence kind of started dilapidating and falling down. They have a deck that goes around the front of their house that was also falling apart. So when I went there to meet her, she just showed me around, and uh, we decided we were going to go in and do a fence for them and also build a deck. And it was neat because when we did this project for the family, they were there working uh, side of our employees as well. They were out there helping in the yard, building the deck, putting the fences up. And so, and also a bunch of neighbors and community members came as well to help volunteer. So it's not just Best Vinyl employees going in and doing it, but a whole community outreach where people come in and are helping to elevate the life of others. It reminds me of, you know, you go back in time, I'll do that for a bit, and I may be representing the Amish incorrectly, but it used to be that when a, a couple got married, um, the entire community would come together and raise a house for them. And there's something really symbolic about having the community say, we've, we're working together to help st- stabilize and provide shelter for you. And I think since those days, people get so busy that we feel like we don't have opportunities to do that. And, and this kind of a thing, as you give the King example, gives that community a chance to dig in as well and say, okay, what can I do rather than worry about them? I can get in and help. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty exciting to see the neighbors. They were all just yeah, jumping out of the chance to come over and help out the neighbors that are always because the, the King family was always someone that was just giving back themselves, always looking for ways to help others. And this was a chance for them to come back and repay them and all of their their good deeds. I actually know Jody King personally. She um, has been giving service as a pianist with the Utah Valley Children's Choir for many, many years. Yep, that's her. Um, yes, I attended her wedding reception years ago. So I do remember the the trajectory. I remember when the diagnosis came. Yeah. And I remember the days that they thought they had with their father and the blessings that came um, from him being able to live longer, but that there's a lot of financial strain, yeah. uh, especially when you're taking care of somebody who's ill and raising a family at the same time. So thank you uh, for not only sharing the King family story, but for what you did with them. What are some of the other uh, backstories that you remember? One of the little videos that I clicked on um, was a family who had a little boy who was born three months premature. And if someone hasn't had a child born three months premature, you may not be aware of the complications, the amount of time that infant may be in the hospital and the financial impact that has. And he is in a wheelchair. So t- do you remember that? Tell me about that, Cameron. Yeah. So uh, I think you're referring to Ethan. Yes. They live up in Camas. Ethan's such a neat little boy. But yeah, their family, he w- he came premature. And because he came premature, they had some medical issues. Um, he is in a wheelchair. And as Ethan's gotten bigger, mom would pick him up out of his wheelchair and carry him into the house because of the, the steps that had to go into the home. And Ethan's getting to the point now where he can't, uh, he's getting too big for mom to be able to pick up and to haul all over the place. And so we were able to go in and build a ramp to get into their front of their home. Um, it was a great project and we were able to go in and do a few other things in the yard as well. The thing that I remember most of Ethan is, is just how fun and exciting he was. I was sitting there on my computer trying to figure things out and Ethan, we walked out back, me and the mom, and I come back in and Ethan was playing on the computer and he was just so excited to be seeing what we were doing and to be involved in it and that people were actually there helping him. Um, definitely a little boy that just brings light when you're around him. And I think that's what it's all about is finding people that lift you up. He's got all these hardships and is in a wheelchair and has medical issues, but you can't not but be happy when you're around Ethan. Mm. And I invite people to click in. Um, let's give the website again for Best Vinyl for those who want to go in and see some more of these backstories. It's bestvinyl.com slash share the good. Okay. And joining us in studio, if you've just uh, tuned in, it's Mitch Labram and Cameron Larson with Best Vinyl. And I'm Rebecca. And we're talking about their Share the Good program. And uh, how often do you select a family in need or in crisis and and take a look at those applications and decide who you're going to provide the, the free services to? So we try and do one once a month throughout all of our companies through the year. And so we have an office in uh, Colorado in Grand Junction, and then we also have an office in Hawaii. And so between the three offices here in Utah and the other two, we try and do one once a month. Wow, that is a lot. So if you're kind of on rotation, Mitch, that almost sounds like every three months here uh, along the Wasatch Front. Yeah, that's what we've been aiming for. It's It's been a good experience. Um, sometimes it gets a little bit harder in the busy season to do as much as we want, but then we try to catch up on that a little bit when it kind of slows down and we get a chance to Can you talk to me uh, about that the busy se- season because um there is definitely a time where uh, you'll you may need to schedule ahead with best vinyl right yeah for sure so we actually the unique thing about best vinyl is we're a company that actually installs fence 12 months out of the year 
And so a lot of people don't know that, that they can actually get a fence put in the middle of the wintertime. That you can dig down through the snow and the ice and put the... Correct. So we'll remove all the snow. We drill through the frost line. It's actually a better time of year to get it um, in the slower season because the guys aren't as rushed and we can get you in quicker. So that's the one great thing. But there is a busy season with all of construction, especially when it's outdoor. Usually around the 1st of March till around the end of October is really our rush season. And so typically you can be waiting from anywhere from 6 to 12 weeks of the lead time um, during the busy season. Can I ask a follow-up because I'm not a contractor and unaware. When you're putting in fence posts for vinyl fencing in the wintertime, does the cement cure even when it's really cold outside? Correct. Yeah, they have to use a little bit of a different formula. But, yes, it does cure. And the nice thing is is where they do drill down below the frost line, it doesn't freeze at night. And they cover it up so that that way it can cure properly. Great. Mitch, what type, as I heard the story of Ethan and you building a ramp, can you tell us again the type of um, things you can do around your home with vinyl with Best Vinyl and their yeah, products. Definitely. Just to kind of follow up on that real quick, I was sure. lucky enough to be at the project where we were building it for Ethan. There wasn't as much space, and so we didn't have as many people combined to do it. But I was there with a couple of the, the Tishner boys uh, helping us get that done. And Ethan was just there helping us and cheering us on, watching the whole day. And he had that Share the Good shirt, T-shirt on before we were even finished. And right when we were about ready to be done, he just was just waiting at the front door so he could race down. He was He was wanting to race down that ramp. It was it was pretty cool to see that. Pretty emotional to think about right. that, right? It was. That's probably was a dream for of his for a number of years. Yeah, it was Thank great. you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the things that we can do as a ramp. Um, do decks, like I mentioned at the beginning. Um, you'd be surprised how much it helped um, this little boy down in Gunnison when we built some steps for him that were actually smaller steps that he could actually call his can, home. Can you describe that for me? Yeah, um, we have great ca- craftsmen. And at Best Final, and they know they just kind of went above and beyond and said, "Hey, at first they just wanted the deck and a fence, but then they got to know him a little bit better. They're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if he could actually walk up the stairs by himself a little bit easier? So we basically cut those stairs in half and just made a lot more stairs than you typically would. And so now he calls them his his steps, and it's just built a, a whole new confidence in his life to be able to have his own steps to go up and down his house and his mom sent us over a thank you card saying how much he loves the best final crew that came over and how much it's just to help him grow and because they do want independence right. they want to be recognized as they grow we do have uh some friends of mine both of them with dwarfism and they said that the type of adaptations they need on a day-to-day basis would surprise many of us um but the desire is for them to be seen as whole um, human beings, uh, independent, strong, intelligent, able to do everything, and and that type of a thing sends that message. How beautiful! What is the typical height for a stair? It's a seven inch rise. Okay, so this would have been dropped to about three and a half inches. Correct. Yep. And then uh, the steps were a little bit longer, so he could hold on to it. And then we did a shorter railing as well, so he could get up to it. The interesting thing is, is these families we go and do stuff for are so humble and just so grateful for the things that we do for them. Um, Ethan's mom, she says, it's okay if you don't want to build a fence. Even if you just do these little steps so Ethan can get in, that's more than enough. And it's just so humbling experience for these these families and these parents that are fighting so hard for their children or their spouse that might be struggling um, to actually uh, have us come in and be able to do something and just so grateful for it. And 
not only the things that we're doing, but those that are around them that have reached out through their, their whole struggle through life. A lot of times we're good at hiding that behind closed doors. But I think as we looked around at our neighbors and other people in the community, we would find a lot of opportunities to serve people. And I think that's what it's all about, to share the good. It's just reaching out. Not only are the, the families that we're helping, but what can you do for others um, that you could go and make an influence today on? All right. Carrying that message forward, it, even if we're not installing fencing or, or ramps or decks for people in need. I love that concept. I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of people um, applying, what where do they go again to apply for the Share the Good program? So we have it on our website, bestvinyl.com slash share the good. And then there's just a submission form underneath all those videos that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You can first kind of watch the videos and get an idea of what we've done in the past, but then you can submit a nomination there with the name, uh, email address, phone number, and reason why you think that they would be a good applicant. Okay. And so you're able to adapt stair heights to build ramps of different widths. And you said you have craftsmen. So lots of times I think about standard sizes, like Cameron was saying, okay, the average fence, you know, height for safety would be, could be about six feet. So you're customizing a lot of this vinyl work for those special projects. Correct. Yeah, that's the one thing about Best Vinyl is they're very custom in everything that we do. Every project we build is custom. And so we're not limited to what the manufacturer standards are. And that's how we can go in and help these people have different needs uh, because we can build it custom. Now, you mentioned there's three different locations of Best Vinyl, Grand Junction, Colorado, and Hawaii. And here in Utah, where is the the headquarters? So we have an office in Lehigh, and then we actually have an office in Layton as well. Um, So we have those two. But our main location is in Lehigh. So what's the area that you cover? Because for those of us who live along the Wasatch Front, those mountains go for a pretty far distance, don't they? Yes, we actually cover the whole state. Um, So we have salesmen located all throughout the state that can come out and give estimates to people. And then our crews also live throughout the state and come out. And so all the way from St. George, all the way to the Idaho border. And we actually do a lot of work in Wyoming as well, quite a bit in Evingston, Rock Springs, things like that as well. All right. So can you explain to me just a bit for those who are contemplating fencing, the, the how the estimate process works? Yeah, it's super simple. So if you call up Best Final and just ask for an estimate, they'll have an estimator to get a hold of you. They'll schedule a time to come to your home. You show them their project, and then we can give you an estimate right there on the spot. That's one thing that's unique is we have a software program where we can actually give you an estimate while we're there at your home. A lot of times when an estimator comes out or a contractor, you can wait two to three, four weeks sometimes before you finally get that estimate. And we're able to provide that right there as we're at your home. So it's a free service that we come out and look at your project, and then if it's something you want to move forward with, we get you on the schedule and send our installers out to come out and put it together for you. That's fantastic. Uh, that's Cameron uh, Larson. He is with uh, Best Vinyl. In fact, responsibility is sales manager. Also joining us in the studio is Mitch Labram, who's the vice president of uh, marketing. Mitch, as we've shared a lot of these stories um, with Share the Good, the concept that Best Vinyl is doing in our community, but also pushing forward uh, the reminder of service. Um, tell me what that means for you as an employee to be a part of something like this? For me, um, I don't know if you know if anybody's familiar with the Simon Sinek Start With Why book, but that's basically what marketing is all about for me, basically finding that why what, that you're passionate about and building something on that. So for us to have a, a opportunity to jump in and, and show our employees that they're not just going out each day and digging a hole and just putting up fence, but they're actually impacting people's lives and helping to elevate their human experience, right? We're out there um, giving a chance for people to 
um, define their space around their yards, um, just uplifting their lives in a way that that's beyond putting in a simple fence. And the impact that it has on the employee experience is huge. I think that's something that everybody didn't realize would happen as much before, but it really unifies and it brings everybody together and helps them see a bigger purpose and bigger vision. Um, in that Simon Sinek book, he gives an example of two people building a cathedral. He goes up to one and says, what are you doing? I'm I'm just building a wall and just putting up bricks. It's it's monotonous job, but day after day, I have to do it to pay the bills. And then he comes up and asks another guy that's doing the exact same thing. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm building a wall, putting up bricks. It's a long job, but I have to do it day after day. But what I'm doing is actually building a cathedral. And so it just has that different perspective that it gives people and allows them to have um, more, be more anxious and more, you know, happy about coming into work each day so that then they can, in return, make our customers happy and give them a great customer experience. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mitch. Cameron, for you? Yeah, for me, I have a unique experience. So as these submissions come in, I get to go and meet with the families uh, before we decide to go out and do the project. So I've met so many wonderful people. But it's definitely one of those things that keeps you up at night, worrying about people and wondering who are we going to help and how do we choose and what's are we the right fit? And if we're not the right fit, who can I set them up with to have the right fit? So it's really humbled me and given me an eye-opening experience. And I can tell you there's many times I go home at night and just want to hug my kids because I'm so grateful for the challenges that I have and the challenges that others have and just want to hold those kids tight because you never know how long that you know you've got. And I think that's what it's all about is just changing your perspective. I appreciate that so much. And there are tender emotions because the truth is anytime we stop down from our busy lives and sit down with another family or individual and hear their story, we start to build that sense of compassion and that connection for them. And and that is what life is all about too, right? Yeah, and within me, our families, sure. in our neighborhoods, and in our community. Today, we've been joined by Cameron Larson and Mitch Labram with Best Vinyl, talking about the good that is going on in the Share the Good program. You can participate in that. You can go to bestvinyl.com slash share the good if you know of a family in need or if you are in a family uh, you are in a family in need. You can go online and fill out that application. Bestvinyl.com slash share the good. Mitch and Cameron, thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Rebecca.